Good morning. Uh, welcome as we come to worship on this um, Easter day. Uh, wonderful. Uh, even though it's overcast and dull, we come with a, a spring in our step today because of the reality um, that the God that we worship, unlike any other religion in the world, the God that we worship is a God who is alive and who is well um, today. Uh, welcome if you join us in person and if you're visiting today, we bid you uh, a warm welcome. And indeed, if you're online, uh, welcome here to St. Columbus and Daravogi uh, as well. Uh, our cry on this Easter Sunday morning is going to come on to the screens. Um, and let's, um, as we, let's stand together first. We can get a louder uh, shout whenever we stand. Uh, this is one of those rousing moments on Easter Sunday as God's people gather together uh, for worship. Uh, we declare that he indeed is risen. And so uh, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. And it is alleluia. This is how we know that God showed his love amongst us, that while we were still sinners, he sent his one and only son into the world that we might be saved, that he himself bore our sins on the cross and his body so that we would die to sin and live to Christ. By his wounds, we know that today we are healed. Today's reading is Mark chapter 16, beginning at verse 1, and it's entitled The Resurrection. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Here ends the reading. So we continue um, our series stories of Easter. Um, we've said um, there are, as we tell stories, there's always characters in them. Um, central to the Easter story, of course, is Jesus. But this uh, last few weeks, we've been looking at different characters, different personalities that there are in the story um, of Easter. We've looked at Mary, the mother of Jesus. We saw how whenever she pondered at his birth, um, she wept at his death and she rejoiced at his resurrection that she had carried all the way through his life uh, and been there for him. Look at Thomas, um, categorized as the doubter uh, amongst the group, but yet faith won through in the very end. We saw the crowd last Sunday uh, on Palm Sunday and we saw and we heard that the decisions that we make are often made in the quietness of our hearts, not in the noise of the moment. And um, if we wait until the crowd's all around us, we can be easily swayed. But if we've made a decision where our stand is and where, what it is that we hold true and where our integrity is, then whenever the crowd tries to sway us, sway us, sway, sway, tries to sway us um, we know where we stand. We looked at Judas and we asked that question in, in the betrayal, where are we looking to be fulfilled? Who are we looking to to fulfill uh, that emptiness in our lives? We looked at Simon of Cyrene on Good Friday, uh, the stranger who stepped in, 
who saw that as an opportunity and whose faith won through and continues to be told about today um, because of his work as he helped Jesus carry the cross to Calvary. And today we look at the women um, at the tomb. And we read it, um, it's in all of the Gospels, uh, the, the resurrection. Um, it's not a myth, um, it's not something that was made up, it's not something that could uh, have been made up. Um, Jesus was pierced uh, on the cross to ensure that he had died on the cross. He went through the proper rituals of burial in the tomb and was sealed and the soldiers guarded it. And yet, on the Sunday never they went to apply the spices on that third day, as they would have been their custom, they found no body to be there. He had risen. And it's an historical fact. It's recorded by historians um, of the time um, that this event actually happened. Um, if it had just been made up or lied about by the disciples, that lie, as we know, fizzles out. Um, they don't continue for a prolonged period of time. It wouldn't have had the impact that it has had across the world. We come today because Jesus has died and rose again. Actually, it has changed the events of history. It's changed time itself, hasn't it? We now, our years are marked by the fact that it's before death, or before Christ, or after death. See, these women at the tomb, Mary, Mary and Salome, as we read in this passage from Mark. Um, and it can get confusing because there's lots of females and women named here, and in different passages they're named maybe in different ways. Um, and so sometimes we can get confused and we think, who is this? What is Mary? Is this? And which, which, Mary, which Mary was she? Did, where did she play a part in the rest of the story of Jesus? Um, so there's, let's try to untangle this uh, a little bit um, today and see how we can learn uh, from these ladies. No matter who they were, they were faithful to the end and beyond the end, not only at the cross, uh, but right the way through. Uh, right up until the resurrection, and indeed all the way into the early church. They are recorded as being influential uh, people as disciples of Jesus. They helped him during his life, they watched his death, and they, were, they prepared his body. And they were coming again to ensure that the ritual was carried out. Verse 16, uh, chapter 16, verse 1 says, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, brought spices, bought spices, so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Not even before they got to the tomb, they were in preparation for it. They went and sorted the spices out to ensure they had uh, what they needed. Mary Magdalene is the one who heads up the list in all four of the Gospels. She is mentioned quite clearly. Um, she already has featured in the story of the gospel and the story of Jesus' life quite prominently uh, in it. And some would have shunned her because of her background, but not Jesus. He welcomes her to travel with him and walk close to him, and she has stayed with him. Then there's Mary, the mother of James, the wife of Cleopas. We know the, word, the name of Cleopas because he's one of the disciples on the road to Emmaus that Jesus appears to and reveals himself to him. And so this Mary, the mother of James, the wife of Cleopas, um, is also there. And then we have Salome in this passage. Mother of James and John, the sons of thunder. Um, in the Gospel of John, she's mentioned as Mary's sister, which actually places her as Jesus' aunt, which places James and John as his cousins. 
And whenever we see that fact, we can almost begin to see why maybe James and John thought they should have a closer relationship to Jesus, why they asked the question, who can I sit at your right hand, Jesus? Maybe we can see why whenever there's that great desire for her boys to be raised up at Jesus' right hand as well. The Gospels indicate that there were other women present. There were familiar faces in the crowd at the crucifixion. And that would have brought, I suppose, comfort as Jesus looked down and saw those people who had traveled with him there right up to the end. But then Salome is there at the cross, but she disappears and then she reappears on Easter Sunday. She's not counted at the burial of Jesus. Um, she's not counted on the Saturday or in any of that little gap in between the, the crucifixion and the resurrection. She kind of disappears. Where does she go to? Well, scholars here, much brighter than me, um, who have read into it and have looked at the surroundings would have said that, do you remember on the cross whenever Jesus looked down and he said um, to John, John, this is your mother, and Mary, this is your son, um, that John would have had property in Jerusalem and John would have taken uh, Mary off and to console her uh, maybe in his house. And Salome, being the mother uh, of John, would maybe have went with Mary, the mother of Jesus, and so then would have been missing at his burial. She would have been there comforting Jesus' mother. So it's an integral part of how these ladies have played this part in the gospel story. It's integral, but I would say as they were playing those parts, they thought their part was quite small. They probably thought their part was insignificant. All they were doing was buying spices. All they were doing was carrying out the ritual and the tradition that was expected of them. All that they were doing was following their friend. I wonder, in the seemingly insignificant moments of our lives, what jigsaw pieces is God putting together to reveal the bigger picture? It is often noted the role of the woman was vital in this story of the gospel. Jesus chose to reveal his resurrected self to them. We can see that in all of the gospel stories. But you can hear the conversation. They've bought these spices and they're on the way to the tomb. Look at verse 2. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who's going to roll that big stone away from the entrance? They'd prepared their shopping list. They'd got the stuff that they needed. They knew where they were to go to, but they forgot a really vital point. They needed a man. That was just thrown out as a wee jag. Um, but, but you can hear that you can hear that conversation. They've got everything that they need. They, they've thought through it. They've prepared. They've planned. And then halfway there, one of them looks and says, that stain's well big. How are we going to get it rolled away? Who's going to do that? And then you can see their amazement and their shock. You can imagine their fright, actually, in verse 4. But whenever they looked up, they saw the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled away which would have been nothing to the fright that they received. Whenever we hear verse 6, don't be alarmed, he said to them. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. 
Or another way of putting it, as we're quite often hearing, is why do you look for the living amongst the dead? These women were faithful right up to the end and beyond into the new era of the early church. They carried out seemingly insignificant and mundane tasks, yet they were used by God. So today, know that whatever seemingly hidden service that you render and recognize, is recognized and loved by Jesus. This event in history changed the course of the world forever. And those insignificant, seemingly hidden moments play a crucial part within it. Turn the tables on fear. It brought hope into a dangerously dark place. And today is no different. As we worship the risen Christ, he brings and turns the tables on fear. And he brings hope into desperately dark places. He does that because, as we see behind me, the cross is empty. It's horrific, but yet it's beautiful, all in the same moment. We know, we've probably heard the truth of the gospel before, that Jesus died for you, that your sins might be forgiven, that your place in heaven might be secure, but more than that, that you can live a life that is to the max in this moment. That he, because he has risen, walks with us and is present in every circumstance that we go through. He turns those desperately dark suggestions into moments of hope. Those moments of fear into moments of peace. Whenever we invite him to walk beside us and we invite him into our lives, and we accept his invitation to join his story with all of our seemingly insignificant and hidden moments that he can now use for his glory and for his purpose. There is power, wonder-working power in the blood of Christ. He is not dead. He is alive. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Let's try that again. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. We conclude today with um, the blessing. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Rest upon each one of us this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen. And you never know, on your way out today, there might be a wee treat uh, as you leave. <gasps> you, you hear the gasp? I, and I, I recognize that gasp. I know who that was from. <laughs> You're not getting any, Mrs. Boyd. <laughs>